Hello and welcome to the first Instech London podcast. I'm Paolo Cuomo, co-founder of Instech London. 18 months ago, Robin Merton and I set up Intech London as a community to discuss the growing impact of technology and insurance. We're now at well over 1,400 members and we run and support regular events here in London and further afield. We've decided to launch a podcast to complement what we do and what can be found on our Instech London website and various other social media pages. We'd like to provide you with insight about what's going on in the space, in particular overseas events, which we know many people aren't able to attend, but certain enthusiastic members of the InsureTech community do go to. In early October, one of these events took place, and that's the focus of our first podcast. Two days were spent in Las Vegas, attended by over 1,500 people, learning about the cutting-edge insurance tech thinking from around the world. Today's podcast guest was there helping represent the London community. Welcome, Nick Martin. Now, for those of you who may not know you, would you like to introduce yourself? Great. Uh, many thanks, Paolo, for the opportunity to, uh, to be on your very first uh, podcast. Um, so I've been an institutional investor in the global insurance sector for the last uh, 15 years. And probably the last year or so of that, I've been uh, taking a much deeper dive into the whole insure tech community, helped by what you're doing in Tech London and many other things, including being part of the London Accelerator programs, both at Startup Bootcamp and shortly for Accenture as well. So I've been trying to, to meet up with entrepreneurs, get, you know, take the temperature of what's going on, because these are really exciting times uh, to be involved in insurance. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Nick. So let's dive in to learn a little bit more about the InsureTech Connect conference. What were your overall takeaways from the event? I think the main surprise for me was really the level of interest. You know, 1,500 attendees. I'm sure that was many more than the organisers were dreaming about, and from all over the globe as well. It certainly wasn't a US-centric event. There were people there from Asia, obviously a lot from Europe, and as you said, London, and are covering a whole raft of different people. A lot of startup founders, VC firms. You know, insurers with their corporate vehicles or people doing stuff a little bit more below the radar. You know, insurance brokers uh, were, were there uh, just to see what was going on. And, and the topics covered were, were very broad. And as, as you know, the whole insure tech opportunity um, it isn't just about you know the new call cool app and, and distribution. There's a lot happening on peer to peer. You know, new demand coming from the sharing economy. You know, blockchain. Uh, and, and lots of different learnings and perspectives coming from America, Asia uh, and everywhere around the world. Excellent. And, and it sounds like the, the people talking about it were truly the, the, the people who were doing this and, and know this stuff. So I understand that both the founders of Trove and of Lemonade were there. What did you learn about them in particular? Yeah, so, so in, in those two cases, um, they, they were both billed as uh, the disruptor uh, keynote speech. So Trove did, uh, did the keynote on day one uh, and Lemonade on day two. So um, uh, listening to, to Scott Welchek, who is the founder of Trove, um, he, he rather humbly uh, disagreed with, with the, the disruptor. Uh, sorry, the, 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 the disruptor tag uh, that, that he had, having only launched 18 weeks ago. Um, so, but you know, early days, uh, things seemed to be going well there. Um, for those of you who have not come across uh, Trove, they provide on-demand insurance for, for single items. Right now, that's really uh, personal electronics, but I think they're just about to add photography uh, and more will come. Now, they've signed up underwriting partners um, in the US and Australia. 
uh, Munich Re and Suncorp um, respectively. I think the interesting thing that Scott mentioned was a bit of a lesson for any entrepreneur out there in terms of the resilience and perseverance that's really needed in order to succeed. I mean, Scott has been around the industry for a number of years, had a number of startups, but even he struggled to raise his money initially. He had about $9.5 million in his Series A and Series B rounds. You know, that was across 70 individuals or so. He said he pitched to about one in five people, so 350 pitches. That's, that's a hell of a lot. And, you know, and, that, and that's from a, an established uh, person within, uh, that's used to raising money. So you know, for entrepreneurs out there who, who are using a lot of shoe leather going around to speak to investors, don't get too disheartened. Uh, and to sort of emphasize the point, uh, Scott, who uh, apparently journals a lot, uh, read a quote from September 2015 from his journal uh, that was really uh, all about you know, how trying it had been over the past couple of months. He seemed to be getting nowhere. He was having to borrow from his friends to, you know, to, to almost meet the last part of his payroll. He was tired seeing investors and, and insurers and uncertainty just seemed to be his, you know, his daily, uh, daily staple. Um, however, you know, only a few months later in April, he closed a $26 million funding round. And that, that shows what could be achieved you know, if you really want it and have a, have a business model uh, that, that really works. Excellent. Thank you. And, and Lemonade, as you say, was the, the other keynote speaker. They've clearly just launched a, a lot of fizz there. Talk, talk to us about what's sort of really happening in the lemonade space. Yeah, I mean, they've done a fantastic job, haven't they, on, on, on their pre-launch pub publicity. Um, they, they claim to be the first peer-to-peer -peer insurer. There's debates out there on social media whether that's, whether that's correct or not, and I'll, I'll leave it for, for there. But, you know, getting you know, some insurers from, from Lloyds of London and Berkshire Hathaway, you know, uh, to, to be their insurance partners, obviously raised a few eyebrows as did getting the sort of famed behavioural scientist Dan O'Reilly involved as both an investor and advisor. And uh, I'm sure people are familiar with, with, with Lemonade, but just in case, you know, their initial product is a homeowner's and renter's insurance, initially in New York State, but, but I'm sure to be expanded uh, pretty rapidly elsewhere. Their business model is to have a, a flat 20% commission on each policy sold, and then that remaining 80% mostly goes to paying claims and reinsurance costs. But the management believe roughly 15% should be left over at the end of that. And here's where Lemonade is a little bit different. You know, that 15%, it goes to the charity of the policyholder's choice. And the idea here is that, you know, I think many people, when it comes to making claims against a faceless insurer, let's just say, you know, people have a tendency to make some dubious claims uh, at times. Uh, I think they might think again where when rather than making that claim that that money may go to their local church or, or other charity, maybe that leads to some, some better uh, positive selection in terms of the clients that you have. Yes, it's certainly an interesting area that we'll be keeping an eye on. The, the idea of bringing a behavioural scientist into the mix is one that um, undoubtedly will, will impact a lot of the startups over the the coming months and years. Now, what was also unusual, I think, about Lemonade was that they shared some of their launch activity data. Um, do you want to talk us a little bit through that? Yeah, so, I mean, at, at the event, they, they, uh, they, they published what, what they saw in the first 48 hours uh, of launch. And, and as, as um, uh, so in terms of numbers that we saw there, 36,000 people hit their homepage from 163 countries. So uh, clearly some impressive statistics. 
what did it really mean when it when it came to sales? Well, they told us that as well. About fourteen thousand dollars or so policies sold, one hundred and forty-two in number, both for for renters and homeowners. Um, to put that in some kind of context, management said that was uh, four times their most optimistic forecast. So uh, clearly, they're happy with, with, with how they they launched. Be interesting to see going forward whether, whether we see some more uh, statistics coming out of them, uh, so we can monitor their progress. Absolutely, it will, will certainly be interesting to see if the the transparency that that they've had over the last few weeks as they've launching will continue. Um, now there was a, a, another stir caused by another key new. Player, and that was Zong An, the Chinese insurer. Talk to us a, a little bit about what they said in their presentation. Yeah, I mean, and that, that, that was one where suddenly uh, you, could, you could hear a little bit of a pin drop when, when, when one or two of their slides uh, hit, hit the big screen. Um, yeah, so Zong An started in November 2013. It's the only uh, online insurer in, in China. Got some big backing with the founding shareholders of Alibaba, Tencent uh, and, and Ping An. So some real pedigree. Um, there and you know when you're in a room with um, startups who and VC companies who are very proud to signing up you know a few tens of thousand or maybe a hundred thousand customers, uh, Zongan uh, since they started you know only a few years ago uh, have served over 400 million uh, customers, sold over four billion with a B uh, policies. You know that works out at ten policies per customer. You know I would be. Uh, in many other markets, selling even two or three products to one person is seen as success. So that was a clearly a very impressive part of what they're doing. Also impressive was how much data and the optimization of that data plays a very fundamental part of everything that they do within their business. When it comes to customer targeting, you know, engagement, the personalization of products, many of their insurances automatically settle their claims. They use it very actively in fraud. And I think you know, there's a lot of lessons to, uh, to be learned um, from how they're conducting uh, their, their business. Uh, it was valued at about $8 billion at their last funding round in, in mid-2015. Uh, and from what, what I read in some of the financial press, we could well see uh, Zong'an uh, doing an IPO in the not-too-distant future. So we may even learn a bit more about what they're doing in the months to come. Excellent. And I think the, the, the point about data is important because there's a, a lot of our listeners will be constantly suffering from their, their, their dealing in more the commercial line space, uh, the B2B type insurance. And so a lot of the InsurTech front-end sort of uh, changes uh, feel far less relevant to them. However, we all, all of us in the insurance sector, rely on data to, to do our job and hopefully to differentiate ourselves. So seeing the, the way startups are using data smartly should give us all ideas, hopefully. Um, any, any final thoughts from the, the conference maybe to wrap things up then, Nick? Yeah, I, th- I think you know, it was an incredibly successful event. I, I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll see the same again um, next year. But uh, we've had quite a few InsurTech uh, conferences, uh, certainly over the last year or so. I've been to many myself. But I, I think the one thing I've always came away uh, feeling is that the basic premise uh, that, that, that underlines a lot of the conversation, particularly on sort of you know, panel sessions and debates, is that InsurTech is a zero-sum game. You know, for every winner, there must be a loser. You know, that the shiny new startup will win at the expense of the tired old incumbent. You know, for me, um, that, that, that is just, just not the case. I, I think there are a lot of challenges that, that, that startups have to, to think about. They need a balance sheet to underwrite insurance. 
have got to deal with compliance or regulation, or I think that you know, they would be very uh, quickly uh, shut down. Uh, and and uh, it doesn't surprise me that many of the companies uh, have been looking to, to do something at, at the distribution end, but there are many other parts of the insurance value chain where, where technology can make a, a real, real difference. And I think those startups that, who, who are most likely to succeed are going to be the ones that embrace and, and form partnerships with those more forward-looking um, incumbents. I think what 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 is a real shame is that insurance, you know, is an extremely important and very underappreciated industry um, by by the person on the street, by the investment community, uh, and by everyone generally. But you have to remember, you know, it's it's the industry that greases the wheels of, of world trade. And I think the whole technology evolution that we're all living through is a tremendous opportunity for the insurers to, to change their business model and the customer perception from one of you know, grudge purchase and, and, uh, and being there to, to pay a loss post, uh, to post something bad happening to you to one with a real value-added business model where you can actually help to prevent losses in the first place. And I think those incumbents can work with InsureTech Startup to accelerate this process and, and improve the industry standing and perception in the eyes of, of the consumer. The other thing that, that's often um, forgotten is that there's a very big protection gap um, that, that, that exists uh, today. Now, that's the difference between what is actually being insured out, out in the world and, and, and what really should be insured, given that all the risks uh, are, are there. And many people in the industry talk about this, but the emphasis really tends to be on uh, increasing penetration in, in emerging countries uh, within Africa and the like through things like micro insurance that, that, that's all very important and, and absolutely uh, credible uh, and and we look forward to seeing a lot more of that but it should be forgotten that actually in a lot of developed markets you know, there is a great opportunity for the industry to do a much better job you know the the italian earthquake that we had um only a few months ago less than 10 percent of that loss will be uh, will be insured and if you think about even the most developed country, you know, arguably, you know, the U.S. and only 10% of California homeowners buy earthquake cover. And if you think back to uh, to 2012 and Superstorm Sandy, less than 20% of New York citizens um, had flood cover at that time. You know, despite it being a heavily subsidised product. So there's a real opportunity. Um, here for, for, for technology to maybe lower some of the costs and the friction there and make what was previously uninsurable now insurable. And I think I hope looking ahead um, that in future conferences uh, that the debate's going to move on from you know the startups win and the incumbents lose to one where um, new technologies can be used to, to, to grow the insurance pie and the industry for everyone. Because actually insurance is perceived to be this mature uh, industry, but there's actually a lot of growth opportunities out out there. Uh, if only we know where to look for it. Um, you know, insuretech is not the zero sum game that that many people think it is. No, yeah, ab absolutely agree, and I do believe that the the role of technology in closing this protection gap and therefore effectively increasing the the, the pie and everyone benefiting will be one of the big key themes for 2017 as we move beyond getting excited about individual technologies in a standalone form. So. Nick Martin, thank you very much for, for your insights and your thoughts. Thanks also to, to David Kirk and the PASL team who've been instrumental in, in helping from a technical point of view. Um, Nick, if people want to, to reach out to you to discuss further, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Really happy to, to, to engage with, with all members of the Inset London community and beyond. 
Um, I'm reasonably active on Twitter. Um, you can find me at nickmart underscore insure. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Occasionally put up a few uh, blog posts there. But but thanks, Paolo. It's, it's been a really interesting discussion. Uh, it's exciting times for, for the industry. You know, we're, we're trying to lead the way here in London uh, to embrace uh, insurance, make it, you know, uh, sexy may be too strong a word, but, but hopefully make it a little bit more exciting because you know, if, you're a, if you're a young person out there, a millennial, you don't automatically think of insurance as a potential career, but, but you really should. I mean, there, there, is, there is great opportunities. And for those of you contemplating a startup, just do it. I mean, I mean you're going to get a very receptive audience, a lot of interest now, and you can just see that by the sheer number of people that are now part of the whole Intertech London community. Absolutely, absolutely. And that then segues nicely to the final point, which is the, the community is ever-growing, doing a lot of events. The next one for your calendars is the London Market Tom Innovation Exchange session on Connected Insurance, which is on Tuesday the 29th of November near Cannon Street. Um, plenty of space is still available there. There'll be a regular stream of podcasts, such as this one, continuing. And so thank you for, for listening through to the end of this. And if you're not already signed up, um, to keep in touch. The best way to do that is to go to simply instech.london, enter your details, and we'll keep you aware of the events, of the podcast, and of the ongoing conversation around the insure tech space. Thank you very much.